This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Welcome back, guys. Episode six of the Strategy of Fitness. Dan, Rob, we're doing this on a Thursday. What's going on, guys? Nothing, man. I'm feeling great. How about you, Rob? Uh, I feel terrible, but there's nothing I hate more than people complaining, so I'm not going to talk about my misery. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Yeah, I traveled a little bit this week. I've not been the best fitness (laughs) spokesperson, to say the least. You guys do anything good in the gym this week? Yeah, it was a post post open. So I think I did a uh, bench press, hit a couple runs this week. Did bench press at the five by five at 170 on Sunday and then a four mile run following that up. So just kind of working on my pace and working on understanding that aerobic zone. And I was a little, little too much of the heart rate for aerobic, but uh, that was a workout that, you know, I think that like I said, I, uh, I'm a big fan of the staple. So bench press, I don't think anybody's going to argue with the, the greatness of, of the bench press or the greatness of just running four miles at a, at a decent pace. So that was one thing that just, just a classic staple workout I did on a Sunday. Rob, what about you? So unfortunately, I've only gotten one lift in this week. I'm, I'm running a race on Saturday. It's a, it's a marathon relay. I'm wearing the 20-pound the vest in solidarity for the wife because she's carrying the, the baby weight. So the, the one workout I did, I did get the staples in, just did the heavy kettlebell swings and pull-ups, superset that, and then hit some belt squats and uh, some bench press. Like Got all the major movements in, did a couple run workouts, did a three-miler with the vest today to get ready. Tomorrow's off, and then Saturday's race day. Tell me about the belt squats. I've heard about those. I've never done them. Like with the, uh, with the pulley contraption? Um, dude, I got to explain a belt squat to you, Dan. What, is this <laughs> a strategy of fitness? You don't know what a belt squat is? <laughs> No, I've never, I've never had any access to that contraption before. Well, you, you won't find them in many uh, commercial gyms, unfortunately. But think about Nick, am it. Am I the only one? Have you done a belt squat? Am I the only one? I have, but look, you you do have to go to a pretty robust gym to to find one that has it. But it, it's a it's a pretty cool exercise for sure. Oh, dude, I, I know, I do, I I know what it looks like, and I know what it is. I've never done one. Tell me why you like it, and tell me what it's different about it. The big limiting factor in a squat is going to be your trunk strength, right? The bars on your shoulders. Most people fail not because their wow. legs give out, because they, yeah. they fall forward and fall out of that position. That's why you can leg press so much. So this is like a leg press, but in a squat position because the weight is on your hips and not on your back. So you can go super, super heavy, but there's better carryover to the to the squat than the leg press. And you can go high volume on it without just taxing your back. It's a awesome supplemental lift if you can find a way to rig one up or you have access to a belt squat. Awesome. Well, thanks for making me feel bad about that. Awesome. <laughs> Jesus, no problem. Two minutes in. And Rob, Rob is going. Yeah, it's Rob's heart of the pain. I like it. All right, keep going. Oh, so let me circle back to you, Dan. So the bench press journey. The bench press journey. Yeah. How, how are we feeling? So what, your five by five is at 170. So like that's that's a pretty high percentage oh. for you, right? 
felt good. Like felt really good. Like I think I could go a little bit more probably because I, I hit five by five of 170 last week, failed on the very last rep. Awesome. Where I needed a little help on the spot. This time I got five by five clean. Next time I'm going five by five at 175. And just, I, I think I'm trying to hit it once a week, onward and upward, just kind of take it nice. So I, I think that once a week is probably not enough to see the gains that I want. But once a week is better than what I was doing, and it's enough to keep me under the bar and just kind of keep me moving. And, and I think it's going to be good as I start to progress into trying to ring muscle up. I've been looking at some ring muscle up videos and beginners, and it's really – I see a lot of people getting stuck at the bottom. So I feel like if my bench is good, it's going to help me uh, get out of that bottom of the ring muscle up when I start trying them. Awesome. Awesome. And as for me, my, my little workouts this week, I, I do have to jump out. And, you know, Last time we spoke was Saturday after I did the Open. I did retest it. And I shaved about 40 seconds off. So I was at 12.58 for that for that awful, awful workout that I'll never do again. And actually, to be honest with you, it was easier this time in a 40-second faster time because, as expected, uh, my pace was so piss poor that um, that's that's why I blew up. So I, I, I didn't get to do a, a bunch in the gym this week, but um, it was good to, to retest that. Nick, didn't you get a new addition to your home gym too? Well, yeah. So I, I went and picked up a heavy D ball, 150 pound D ball and 124 pound kettlebell. Picked it up in, in Jersey from a, from a guy. I sell fitness. If anyone's looking for gym gear, pretty cheap. You can just pick it up at his warehouse or at a warehouse. It's pretty sick. I've never messed around with like a 124 pound kettlebell before. Game changer. I'm sure you, you have, right, Rob? Yeah. And I don't, I obviously kettlebell swings was on my, my five favorite exercises, but I, I don't think I gave this rule when I talked about kettlebell swings is when you walk into a gym, you can only swing the heaviest kettlebell. That is a, a rule of life. Okay. So <laughs> if you can swing, if you can walk in a gym and swing in 124, I, you got my respect like that. That takes some, some strength. It's cool though, man. Like the heaviest I've ever messed with is like probably 70, what, whatever the red rogue one is. I, I have that one too. And, you know, it gets to the point where you have to do a ton of volume uh, once you get kind of efficient with the movement, but I'm doing sets of 15 with this, with this big guy. And then, you know, throwing the 150 pound D ball over my shoulder for two or three. And the core work is insanity. So I'm, I'm jazzed up to, to kind of see, it's, it's kind of a different type of training than I'm used to, honestly. Yeah, love, love the heavy kettlebell. And a, and a home uh, tip for the people that don't have heavy kettlebells, I think this came from Pavel Satsulin, who's like the kettlebell wizard, the, this Russian psychopath. He did some research, like really pulling down on the kettlebell in the swing, like trying to accelerate the downswing. So you're experiencing more load in the bottom position and the muscle activation he was getting from that with even light kettlebells, like simulated probably what you're getting with like a 124. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not ready for that. So, that's like a little, <laughs> so you're saying well, like don't, a trick don't do it with a 124. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. If you got like a 50 and you're, you're running out of ways to use it, just when you swing it, rip it down harder. So you got to brace even harder in that bottom position. It's going to put a bigger, bigger strain on the posterior chain. Yeah, Pavel awesome. is a psychopath. He wrote, he was the one that wrote the Naked Warrior, right? Yes, sir. Is that Very good. That's Eric Tolar, you know, good friend, friend of the pod. That's his book, right? <laughs> yeah, he's the American version of Pavel. Yeah, he's the American Pavel. Yeah, but that's a that's a good book. It's got the one arm push ups, and he's all in the pistol squats and some good stuff in that book. Probably some Turkish get ups in there too. Oh, crazy! Pavel loves a Turkish get up. I did hit a I did hit a quick workout. I wanted to run by you guys. Yeah. 
So like my go-to, I think everyone's probably got their go-to like before they're, they're traveling. I travel kind of fairly often recently. So you guys ever done macho man or any, any modification of it? Have you ever heard of it? I've, I've, I've heard, heard of it. it. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. So there's a, there's a workout. I think it's a comp train workout, Ben Bergeron, but it's every minute on the minute for 20 minutes. And I think the psychos do it at 205. And what it is, is uh, three power cleans, three front squats, and three shoulder to overhead. So nine reps in a minute. Uh, obviously, the, the 205 weight is insane. That's insane. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. So I, I found like a pretty good sticking weight. I get to, I, I do like 15 to 20 minutes. Um, I'll do it before a travel day and it's so efficient. And I think, you know, I, I'm at like 170, 175 and the last few rounds are, are torture, but man, it's a really good, efficient way to get 15 or 20 minutes in, get my body, you know, kind of maxed out cardiovascularly and strength wise. So I just didn't know if you guys had something that jumped out to you. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a nice little staple. I've done that work. It's been a long time since I've done it. I totally forgot about that one, but I, I love barbell complexes. And I, when I saw that one online a long time ago, I, I had to give it a go, but I, I can't think of any like staples that I always hit like that. You got any, Dan? Uh, not like I don't travel much. I try to not leave like a 10 mile radius of New Jersey where I live. So <laughs> it's more, it's more of a, more of a thing about me not traveling versus me not having a workout that I prefer before traveling. But yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I've really grown to like the barbell complexes too. It really helps me with a lot of my biggest deficiencies, which is number one, barbells, number two, uh, complexes, and number three, uh, heavy weights. So kind of it's, it's the uh, Dangoran Eliminator, any of those types of workouts. Dude, that workout's great for literally anyone sitting here right now listening to this and like, man, I just want to maximize 15 minutes. If you have a barbell and you have two 25-pound plates and you can do it at 95 pounds, it's only nine reps in a minute. It's only 15, 20 minutes of your day, but man, it's a, it's a good way to get moving. Now it's a shoulder to overhead with that workout. Like what is your strategy shoulder overhead? Are you doing a push press? Are you doing a strict press? Are you doing a jerk? What are you, what are you doing? Jerk, it's, it, I mean, jerk. push jerk, push press. I mean, you're not strict pressing it. You can, if you want yeah. to make it more static and make it more of a strength based workout. But as you get, you know, basically what I do is singles on the, on the power cleans and then I don't drop the bar. Uh, you know, you do your three front squats and you do your three shoulder to overhead uh, and then you drop it from there. And typically a, a round, if you're moving pretty quickly, takes 18 to 20 seconds. So you do get a, a good 40 second rest. So to, Very nice. to kind of flip that around, you you did that before you left for travel, right? So right. I always like to have like a staple if I show up at a hotel. Um, I think that's when you could easily transfer into like a hotel workout. Like most hotels will have the the dumbbells up to fifties. Yep. And you could run through that same complex with a set of fifty pound dumbbells, just three power cleans up to the shoulders, three front squats, three presses, and do it every minute. Like that. That's the yeah, easy one. Get call. off the plane for 10, 15 minutes and then you, you feel good about the day. At least you got something in. Yeah, that's a great idea. I I haven't done that for some reason. But yeah, super simple. And like you said, all you gotta do is find most most hotels have a have a standard dumbbell range at least up to 50 yeah and my usually my go-to when i get to the hotel is there's usually a treadmill and dumbbells is i just set the treadmill to 10 miles an hour i run a 400 or a quarter mile and then do 10 thrusters with the heaviest dumbbells i have and i do that for five rounds that's like my staple wherever wherever i go run that back real quick yeah i want to hear that again 
So there's usually treadmill dumbbells. I'm going to do run a, a quarter mile, make sure the speed's at least 10 miles an hour on that treadmill. I just keep it running. So I hop on, do yep. my quarter mile, hop off, and then it's 10 thrusters. And I'll just do five rounds of that. Perfect. Sometimes cool. I time it, sometimes I don't, but it just, it kind of hits everything. And it's like a quick, a quick hitter when you, when you're traveling. Yeah. Timing that, timing that or not timing it. It's one of those things where I don't know how much the time matters, but I think that the fact that you're going to have that mindset of trying to get it done as quick a time as possible, you know, and it's one of those things you're traveling, you might not be writing it down and tracking, you know, the time and the dates, but it still probably just kind of keeps you in the right frame of mind that, you know, you want this to hurt a little bit. And it's one of those things like just doing a hard workout kind of gets your circadian rhythm back on back in sync. Like you're traveling, you feel like crap getting off a plane. It's just like, do something really hard, have a good meal, then get to sleep. And it's just, it's just a better way for me to travel. Very cool. I got a question for you, for you guys real quick before we jump into the, the real meat and potatoes of the episode. Can we talk about metabolic conditioning just really quickly? And I don't know what it is. And I was talking to someone the other day about hypertrophy training and they were using metabolic interchangeably in the conversation. And I just didn't know if that's accurate. It's a word I hear often. And if it's a longer conversation, you know, we don't have to dive too deep. Rob, you, you mind if I field this question? I think I have an answer, but I could be totally off on this. Have at it. So metabolic conditioning, I think that's what they teach at the CrossFit classes. And it's, you know, it's actually, you're going to, it's, it's Metcon is short for metabolic conditioning. So when we talked about, you know, in the rep ranges, we talked about the every minute on the minute and the four time type exercise. Those would all fall under, fall under the umbrella of Metcon, which is metabolic conditioning. Now, as far as, so that's what it stands for. You know, that's what the Metcon stands for is metabolic conditioning. How that fits into the, the structure of what we have been talking about. I'm a little, I think it's a little bit of a gray area. I don't know if it fits a specific part of, the, you know, what we've already been discussing. Okay. Rob, any, anything you want to add there? Um, I think it, when you say metabolic conditioning, it's just looking at how you're viewing your exercise from a different perspective, right? Like hypertrophy could be metabolic conditioning. Just if I'm talking about I'm training with like short rest periods and it's more like glycolytic or that mid range of conditioning we're talking about. It's just a different way to a different lens to view your training through. There's nothing special about it. It's just talking about, again, the energy systems of the workout. Okay. All right. I, I, I figured I didn't know. And the person I was talking to was kind of using it almost interchangeably. And I was like, I don't feel like that's right, but I figured I'd ask. So. And this is a, this is an interesting thing. Cause I was thinking of you, Nick, and I was thinking of everyone, everyone that I meet and you know, I work with a pretty general population orthopedic sports population, mostly orthopedics, I would say. And how much of the knowledge that we have as gym goers, it, it's gotta be a staggering percent that's based on like I call it bro science or somebody just heard something like a long time ago, like their coach might've told them something in high school about lifting or about this rep range or about this set range. And then that knowledge sticks. And that's like something that you know is fact. Right. And, and you got to really think back your own knowledge base and be like, man, where did I hear this? You know, what was my source here? This might've been from some just completely bonkers dude that I knew in high school. It's from your senile grandfather who doesn't know shit about common, you know, real science. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, so I just got, I was kind of like, I don't know why I was thinking of you, but, but just generally like the general population of people we know that might, you know, kind of give us feedback. And it's like, you know, somebody might throw that word around and have absolutely no idea what it means. So I could also. Yeah, I was kind of getting that feel. All right, cool. Well, I think, yeah, I think today we're going to get into kind of the stretching, how we, how we warm up for exercises that we talked about last week, how we cool down properly. I am 
the all time worst at this. I don't stretch. I very rarely warm up. So I'm going to hand it over to you two. Kind of walk me through what the importance is, how it actually primes your muscles, your body to to take on a, a, a workout, the benefits, and you know the downfalls if you neglect this, which I do. Uh, other than obviously just terrible mobility. So <laughs> have at it, guys, and I'll interject with some questions throughout. And Rob, I want you to start so I can throttle you for a minute. You're going to start, and I'm oh, going to no, 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 you. This is your topic, Dan. You, you got something already prepared. I'm coming in unprepared tonight, so I just want to be in the the comment section. So you go. Uh, as far as warming up and cooling down, I, I, I want to throw a cooling down in. But yeah, I do like this topic a lot. As you know, I do the dabble, dabble in the CrossFit, and they have you know a solid ten minute warm up session. But let's talk about different workouts. So if I'm going to be running, I really do a simple warm up when I run. I think that when we warm up the very, very most simplistic way I can think about a, a solid warm up is the most simplistic way I can think of almost anybody's rehabilitation, but let's take as many joints, as many muscles, mostly the joints, let's think about all our joints and put them through as much range of motion as possible while activating the muscles around the joints within a short amount of time as possible. So you're always trying to maximize the range of motion you're putting the joints and the muscles through across the shortest amount of time. And then I want to start to apply a little bit of a load to it. So if I'm going for a run, I think the quickest, best running pre-stretch I've found is do a squat, you know, cheeks to sneaks, ass to grass, whatever you're going to call it, full squat. And then you stand all the way up, look down through to the other side, touch your toes and give it like a nice hamstring stretch. So squat the hamstring stretch, squats the hamstring stretch four or five times. And then I'm going to do some butt kicks, some high knees, and then some Frankensteins. Usually that takes me in the neighborhood of three to four minutes and I'm good to run miles upon miles after that. A cool down, I usually just do a little walk and may do some light static stretching, but usually cool downs, I don't really do after running. And then if I'm doing a, you know, if I'm really getting into heavy weights, that's where heavy weights for me, that's where the specificity of the warm up really comes into play because I think there's always a little bit more, like I said, running for me is pretty easy. I think the heavier the weights get, it's a more specific, I'm going to get to my problem areas. My two problem areas, I have a little tightness in my left hip. And then I have a sprain my right ankle about 48,000 times. So I have a little Taylor, uh, little Taylor mobility issue. So the talus is a bone in the ankle. I could definitely use some medial and posterior Taylor modes, which I never do. So the handy dandy super bands, which were part of my gym kit, if you remember from the last episodes, are great for mobilizing the talus of my ankle and they're great for mobilizing my left hip. So if I'm doing a heavy squat, if I'm doing a heavy deadlift, if I'm doing anything on the heavier side of the spectrum, I make sure to get to the gym a little early, make sure I hit those specific mobilizations targeting those those joints and and that there we could try to put out some resources to show you how to do that but there's lots of great great resources online for that try to hit those specific issues and then i want to get into the workout or or you know the, the traditional crossfit warm-up which is you know going to be a little on the lighter side and then get into you know putting some some weight on the bar and then slowly building the weight up to where to where I want to be. So again, if the easier the workout is for you, I don't want to say the less you have to do, but you can kind of be on that. You can be a little bit more lax with what you do for your warm up. I think that you need to get real serious about your warm ups. the heavier the weight goes and really start to focus on specific areas. For instance, Nick, you have a little bit, uh, you have actually a lot of anterior, I think right hip hypomobility. So the, the anterior aspect of your hip 
on that right side doesn't move very well and it limits your hip extension. It really screws you up. I think in your deadlifts, you were telling me yes, and yes. Mowed, mowed that out a little bit for you. And I think it felt a little bit better when we did that competition. So when you get heavy, I think that's where you need to hit those super bands and get that anterior hip capsule loosened up a little bit. And that's going to free up your hip extension and, and help with a lot of your movements. Yeah. Before you jump in and, and dive in on this, Rob, <laughs> The, the way I warm up, and I know it's incorrect, and I think you know what, what we hope to kind of have tonight is this is your intervention, Nick. I have my bench intervention. Right. This is your warm up. Right. This is an intervention for for all the people that think that look. The way I warm up is like if I'm doing front squats, I go do light front squats, and then I know eventually I'm going to do heavy front squats. Like <laughs> like I warm up with the exercise I'm doing because like before I bench pressed my whole life, you know, I went and I would bench 135 for some reps and that would warm me up to go out and and build up in weight. So I think, you know, when, when you're doing the more dynamic exercises, especially at heavier loads and everyone's loads, you know, are obviously relative, it's important to get these, just get your general body warmed up, right? Like, it shouldn't be 20 to 30, 40 minutes. And I think a lot of people, including myself, think it has to be. And Dan, you sent me that that maybe 10 stretch routine that took me maybe six to eight minutes before when I was having some back issues. And it was super simple. Like it just was part of my routine. It was like what I did to, to kick off the gym. So like if we can kind of go through some staples, some things like don't miss these stretches, you know, for the generalist workout person i think that'd be really helpful yeah, it's hard to, to poke a hole in your argument tonight dan that was a, a good job there so just oh my to, god oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on hold on i got some oxygen over here <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't really listening but i had i had no pole, holes to park poke in the park that i did here so yeah just like 50 percent of you listening is like you know that's, that's pretty high for most, most normal people so so general overview, like the, the, what the science says, there's no like ideal way you should warm up. It's just pretty much expert opinion and basic science that says you probably should warm up. So the rule I'll give people is one, increase blood flow or warm the tissue up. That's typically I recommend something that's like low impact that gets your heart rate up. So bike's an easy one to do. Elliptical is not my favorite, but if that's available, do that. I, I, I prefer that over impact things like running. Jump rope is fine. After you do that, you want to mobilize. So it should be specific to the workout you're doing. If you're squatting, you should mobilize your hips and your ankles. If you're doing upper body work, you should be mobilizing your shoulders and like your mid back or your thoracic spine. And then kind of the last phase of that, you call it like activate or you want to activate those muscles that kind of lay dormant through the day. So if you're going to be working lower body, you want to get like your hip extensors and hip external rotators, like doing like the, the sideline Jane Fonda leg lifts, like that kind of stuff to get your hips wake are waking up. And then if you do an upper body, like posterior shoulder, like rotator cuff, all the like band pull apart stuff that that's the kind of stuff you want to do before an upper body workout. And then you get into the specific stuff, like whether it's for your injury history or like Nick's talking about just doing very light versions of whatever exercise you're doing that day. So if you're going to bench press, like start with the bar, groove that movement pattern, and then work up from there. I mean, I don't care how strong you are. Some of the strongest guys in the world are going to warm up with the bar, just the work technique before they get into their working sets of like four or 500 pounds. So that there's nobody listening to this that is too strong to bypass like an empty bar warm up. And we talked about complexes before. That's a great way to kind of combine the getting blood flow going and going through the motions of just, just moving, like doing a big complex of Romanian deadlifts, muscle cleans, front squats, overhead presses, back squats with an empty bar is a great way to kind of get a 
a total body warm up in. There, there is some science out there to say like you shouldn't do static stretching before you train. I think some of that stuff gets overhyped sometimes. I think some of those studies, if you look at them, they're done right before like a max power output exercise, so like a max vert jump. So if you maximally stretch your hamstrings for a few minutes right before you do a maximal vertical jump, there might be some impact or detriment to your performance. But for, for the people listening to this, I don't think that that's a real concern, right? So like I wouldn't recommend doing heavy strength training after you do like an hour and a half of intense like yin yoga stretching. But if you're doing some static stretching before you get into a work, I think if that feels good for you and it helps you with whatever injuries you're dealing with, that's that's totally appropriate. I think we lose sight of the principle of individuality, which is what all of us learn like the first day, you know, in any strength and conditioning coursework. And it goes, you know, like you said, with the warmups, it's kind of whatever works for you. And, and that might take a while to figure out, but you're not going to figure it out by not doing it. You got to try different things. You got to figure out how to get in your own groove and you got to figure out what's going to work best for you. But yeah, I, I think that static stretching stuff, if it works for you, there's some people that just enjoy kind of that feeling of holding and stretching for 30 seconds that that's works for you by all means go for it i personally don't get anything from that type of stretching but that's me and i'm an n of one so you know if you like static stretching i say go for it so nick you want to yeah, talk about like some some specifics should we should we give like our, yeah, our yeah, top, yeah. So, top yeah. warm-up stuff yeah so i would say structure so if you if you're you know listening to this and hey you know you're listening to this because you want to get better you want to feel better so if you're listening to this give yourself a solid i'd say 10 minutes in the gym. Okay. So let's say you have somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 10 minutes. You don't want to be on a phone roller for an hour and a half. I don't think that that does much good either, but, um, spend that first minute, you know, on a bike doing a little jump rope. I like a little jog. I think there's nothing wrong with a little, uh, pre-workout jog. And then, um, I like to get on your stomach, do a couple scorpions side to side, flip over on your back, couple single leg bridges, stand up, do a couple squats, do even a couple squat jumps. And then if you have access, I really like warming up on the rig. So a couple pull ups or a couple kips on the rig. If you know me, you know, I'm always on the run up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. And then try with some banded pull-aparts and then some PVC pipe shoulder drills. Dan, can you do a, a video of you wearing your stupid-ass high tops doing that whole warm-up routine and post it on Instagram? <laughs> I would love to. 
Shelby's in your high tops. And when you say my stupid ass high tops, you mean my ivory noble high tops with the rubber gum bottom that look awesome. I'll tell you right now, with the right with the right sock high top combo, the shorts aren't gonna be the only thing with the chubby, if you know what I mean. Because <laughs> that that is that is a savage, savage uh, gym attire if you do it right. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you touched on, you touched on foam rolling. What do you guys think? Is it is it all it's cracked up to be? Is it necessary? So what, what the science will say, like what, if somebody tells you when you foam rolling, you're changing the quality of your tissue, that's hundred percent BS because it takes so much force just to change like the quality of your IT band that you're never going to do that with a big dense foam roll. That's not going to happen. So my recommendation is if it feels good when you do it and you feel like you get some benefit from it do it, but don't spend more than like four or five minutes foam rolling. And then when I foam roll, I like to do like mobilizations with it. instead of like thinking I'm rolling out tissue I always do like extensions with my upper back over top of that foam roller like that's if you're in a, a job where you're sitting a lot or driving on a car all day like if you don't know what a foam roller is it's this big cylindrical like three foot hard hard foam device so you lay that perpendicular to your spine and just do like a reverse crunch over that so if you're always slouched forward it's just getting your thoracic spine to move in the other other direction before you going to work on that's going to help with a lot of things like your posture in a squat or your overhead mobility. Yeah, I agree with Rob. You're not really going to make a change in the tissue. I think that was kind of, I remember when the foam rollers first got popular when I was working in a, you know, the Maryland athletic club and there was people just like, Oh, it's going to, you know, it's my fascial release and it's going to change the tissue quality. Again, you know, we're, we're finding out that probably that's not the case, but what I do think it does is if you have a, an issue, like let's say you have a little bit of anterior knee pain, and you foam roll your quadriceps, I think it does desensitize the tissue. So it makes the tissue more accepting of, of loads and, it, and it's going to make the tissue feel a little bit better and possibly the pain feel a little bit better during the workout. So anytime somebody's using a foam roller, I think you should be under the guidance like a therapist or somebody be like, look, let's, let's focus on this one specific tissue for this one specific thing. So you're not spending all day foam rolling it. And I also agree with Rob for me, like we talked about my thoracic spine is a bit of an issue as far as tightness. And I think to really mobilize the joint and working into extensions for me, I, so cracking your back is called a, a manipulation and I don't really respond well to somebody cracking my back, but if you give me the foam roller, I can just do it myself. I think one thing is important when you're rolling the thoracic spine is remembering that those joints of the thoracic spine are angled a little bit. So an easy tip if you're foam rolling your mid-back, as you go up and down, walk your feet up and down. I always tell people to keep their butt on the ground or very, very close to it because you're going to hit the orientation of that 45 to 60 degree angle of the thoracic spine. And you're going to get those little pops and those little cracks, those little cavitations that might feel pretty good. So always foam roll with intent and don't spend forever on it would be my advice. Cool. I got one of those ones that, uh, the hyper ice, hyper ice, I love the ones that vibrate. I, love Man, I will say, you know, I was never a foam rolling uh, believer, but I got that thing and I, I, I sit on it or I, you know, I'll lean into it with my hips and it does, <laughs> the vibration warms, warms my hips up quicker than I'm used to. So. so, so you never, you never got into foam rolling until you had the long cylindrical vibrating, you know, foam roll. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I got yeah. you. I got you. <laughs> Here we go. Here you, you, we go. That thing up to level three. Uh, all the way up. I, I can't handle level three. I'm a level one guy. I'm level lowest. one is, I'm, is, is is good enough for me to be honest with you. Two sometimes when it's on my back. So, uh, just to 
to give like a couple other like staples that we talked about thoracic extension, the foam roller being like a staple for, for working out for most people, like as a warm up. Two other ones that I'll give out is like people that sit all day. That's the hip flexors on the front of the hip. Like I think static stretching for that or like doing dynamic stretch for that is, is very, very important. So think of just getting down on the ground on one knee, one foot out in front and sliding your body forward. So you feel a stretch in the front of that, that hip where the knee is down. Like that's a super important one to hit before I think almost any workout. And then when it comes to upper body stuff, I always do like just like a 60 second hang from the bar. Again, if you're doing like pull-ups in your workout or any overhead stuff, your shoulder just doesn't go through that stress very often. So that, that hang on the bar kind of stretches some things out, kind of gets the shoulder ready for some, some intense activity that doesn't re- really experience throughout the day. So those are like two other ones that I, that usually find their way into to my warm-up routine. And would they, would those, would they be static or dynamic? I don't, what's the difference? I know there's obviously more movement, but like, how do you differentiate? So we're talking about that hip flexor stretch again. I'm down on one knee on the ground. Yep. If I just lean forward till I feel that stretch and hold it for like 30 to 60 seconds, that's a static stretch. Typically what I'll do before a workout is I just rock into it, hold it for like a one count and back out. And I'll do like 10 reps on each side. So that's more of a dynamic stretch. And anecdotally, that's probably the better way to get yourself ready for a workout. The static stuff is probably better on off days or like post-workout. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. What about you, Dan? Do you have any that, you know, just the generalists out there, doesn't matter if they're hypertrophy training, strength training, power training, just some staples. Uh, I know I, I may have asked you that once yeah, before. Yeah, this is kind of what I mentioned before, but I like Rob's thought about hanging on the bar for some reason. And I don't know why I've always noticed this even since I was a kid, but if you ever wake up and you've ever work out in the morning, I feel like it's really hard to get good grip first thing in the morning. So I think that if you are a morning- so true. If you are a morning workout person, go hit the rig. Go spend some time hanging on the bar. Go spend some time working on some kips. Go spend some time doing some strict pull-ups, even if it's just kind of one at a time for five or six. doesn't have to be crazy, but just get on the bar and let your body do something with your body weight on the bar. It, it's going to prime your grip strength, which is going to help your workout. Well, just just hit the monkey bars, man. We'll, we'll take it from the evolutionary perspective. Arboreal primates at one point and brachiation is how we, how we moved around. You got to you got to replicate that day to day, right? Well, Rob, I'm going to have to throttle you on this one. We did not come from monkeys, sir. I'm just kidding. <laughs> primate. Okay, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, good lord! All right, well, cool. I mean, look. Is, is there uh, before we shift topics? I mean, are you guys good here? Have you given? all the knowledge you can share in a quick, uh, informative way, or, or are there any alibis? Quick, quick summer, summation for me is get tissue warm, mobilize, activate. And if you have a history of injury, go see somebody so you can get a specific warm up for yourself. Yeah, this is a good time to plug physical therapy, you know, and, and that's one of our jobs as a therapist is to get your patient that eight to 10 minute warm up that they need to prime them for, you know, baseball, soccer, basketball, CrossFit, whatever sport or whatever aspect of lifting that you're into. So definitely if you're, if you're concerned about any of this, I would always say go see a great physical therapist to help you out. I think me and Rob are pretty aligned with this on like some of the uh, episodes in the past where you do have to warm up the tissue a little bit, then start to move all your muscles and joints through as much range of motion as possible. And that's where also to some basic yoga stuff that we didn't really talk about does come into play. So just your basic yoga moves, your cat camels, your uh, prone press ups, your, your downward facing dog, you know, that's a good way to prime the system too. And then focus on problem areas and then get into something a little bit more specific including, you know, could be as simple as benching with the bar, squatting with the bar, et cetera, et cetera. 
Very cool. All right, great. Well, let's let's transition then to something that you threw out to the group text, Dan. I'm going to let you tee it up. I think it's going to be a fun little conversation. Yeah, I think that we got a we got a shout out to Alex King who who kind of came up with the derivative of this question. I've kind of taken it and ran with it. I think it's going to be fun. It's a question for all three of us, and the question is: Which athlete in professional sports? We're thinking of the major professional sports: baseball, uh, football, basketball, hockey, or soccer would be the best at different components of lifting or running. So the first event we have is the strongman or powerlifting. So I use those kind of interchangeably. I think that if you're going to be good at one, you're going to be good at the other. And then I can have Rob go in on how different they are and how wrong I am. But you know, we just need, we're, looking for, we're looking for meatheads, okay? So strongman powerlifting, we want the meatiest meatball of all time. The second one is CrossFit. You know, who amongst our athletes that we know about make a good CrossFit competitor? And the third would be a marathon. So we're going to make all those three categories. We're each going to pick one name across professional sports. And we're all going to try to make it something that like somebody that you've heard of so you can get excited about it. Oh, I could picture him doing that. So I thought that'd be a cool drill for us. So I'm going to throw it over to Nick. So which athlete in professional sports, the major sports do you think would be the best at strongman and or powerlifting uh, to start us off here? Yeah. So I'm going to go with not, not a big surprise here. Aaron Donald, the Rams defensive lineman. So from every account, everything I've read, the guy is just so incredibly agile, amazing feet. And you got to think for his size, he's one of the most dominant defensive linemen ever. And, and if you look at him in stature comparatively to some of the other guys that he's, he's either running through or you know working next to, he's smaller. So there's some type of power that he's generating. There's a leverage because he's a little bit closer to the ground. I, I just, he jumps off, it jumps out at me that I'm assuming he can move a barbell very quickly and efficiently, very powerfully. And if we're talking strongman, his low center of gravity, you know, picking up, I'm just thinking of like picking up big Atlas stones. I, I feel like the guy can do it all. So that's mine. He was on my short, short list for that. And I thought that was a great choice. And I mean, would you put it past him to do anything with possible? I mean, I just, I think that guy. No, I mean, I've seen videos of him playing ping pong and, you know, typically big guys like that might not have the greatest hand-eye coordination. They don't really get, and the way he can move around and do like, it sounds trivial, but he's really, really good at it. And I remember when they were on hard knocks, they were like, this guy's good at everything. Like he can literally just do everything. So it'd be cool to see him in, in some type of power event. Cool. Rob, who you got? Well, let me give you my first contention. You already identified this one, but those are two very different sports. Strong, powerlifting and strongman are totally different. So whoever powerlifting is a very static event. So Aaron Donald, like Aaron Donald's who I would pick for strongman. That guy is like Nick already identified. He's a physical freak. So strongman, you need a little bit more power. You need some agility. You need some repetition effort. You need max strength. That dude's got, and we you, should say do, you can do anything you wanted. You competed in strongman. That's your background, right? Yeah. Casually. Oh yeah. Back back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Powerlifting is such a static event. I'm just going to pick the, the biggest dude. And I know you said active players, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to say Vince Wolfork because that guy, he's going to move the most weight. That's all that, that, that matters in powerlifting. Yeah. I went, uh, I, I, I searched for the biggest freak of all time and I came up with offensive guard for the Dallas Cowboys, a man by the name of Larry Allen. Okay. So let me read you some stats. Six, three, uh, six, three, 325 pounds. Okay. So combine at the combine, you bench 225 pounds for reps. He did 43 reps at 225. Okay. <laughs> he benched 705. That's on YouTube. You can check that out. He squatted 905. 
He's got good speed for strongman, which like Rob said, it's a little dynamic there. His incline bench of 520 pounds for 10 reps. He is just a complete, complete savage. And kind of like you said with Aaron Donald, he was also a really, really good player. And I think that means for something or that counts for something because that that you have a good headspace, you know, you're, you're mentally tough, you know, you're good with deep water. He's been in big championship games, big championship moments. So in a, in a competition setting, give me Larry Allen all day, every day. Yeah. No arguing there. Nice. So next one, who do we got for CrossFit? So this is all the major sports. Who do you think is going to be the best CrossFitter, Nick? Go. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, it was him or Saquon for me. And I, I'm just thinking of, of, again, the agility that the running back position has kind of inherent in, in the daily life, the training they do, the explosiveness, you know, look, his dad was a, his dad was a uh, professional receiver. His mom was a professional sprinter. I believe if you've seen the guy work out in the off season, he's an absolute phenom freak and he's you know already one of the fastest best running backs in the league so you know christian mccaffrey i feel like would would be able to transition pretty smoothly and he's not you know he's not tall you know crossfit's kind of a a short person sport i think he's right at about six foot so i think he's ideal size as well very good rob (sighs) if i i don't know I'm, i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with kyler murray because he's He's a freak at two sports. I mean, I CrossFit's supposed to be this like broad application across like all these domains. If that guy can be a professional in two sports, if you gave him a couple of years, he's got that frame that's good for CrossFit. He's like five ten, probably two hundred pounds. Like you give him a couple of years, he would he'd be an absolute freak at that too. Like yeah, he'd have no problem learning the movements of CrossFit. Yeah, I think yeah, he's uh, how tall is Kyler? He's five. He's five. That was a big thing in the combine. I think he's five ten, right around five ten and seven eight, something yeah, like that. Yeah, what is that like that five eight to five ten? Is probably that like ideal cross. Gosh, that's guys. perfect. And he is. Uh, he's got some thick legs too. He's got some thicky. So yeah, <laughs> Kyler Murray might be a might be a great crossfitter. I'm gonna go with uh, I run CMC. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was definitely on my short list. I went. Nick Chubb over Christian McCaffrey. He's a little thicker. He's 5'11", so still on that you know, shorter side, 5'11", 225, 38-and-a-half-inch vertical jump. And he – so here's my separation, and this is stupid. I shouldn't take this much stock in the bench press, but Christian McCaffrey's combined bench at 225 was 10 reps. Nick Chubb, 29, and they're relatively the same size. Uh, Nick Chubb, I think, is 20 pounds heavier or so. So – I think that Nick is right on with some of his thoughts on the football and the running back position, the explosiveness, the quickness. I thought we had a no Saquon rule. Otherwise, I'd pick Saquon, but I'm going with the no. Yeah, we do have no Saquon. Well, first of all, that's some weak shit, McCaffrey. I hope this gets to your ears. Ten's rough. I did not know that. I expected just from his stature and the way, you know. Yeah, I know, right? It was It's a little alarming. Yeah. But again, I'll go Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. Have you seen the, the pictures of Nick Chubb running sprints or running track in high school comparatively to the people he was running next to? No, but I, I will. You got to Google it. And everyone's got to Google it. It's, I, it's hilarious. It looks, it looks Photoshopped. It looks fake. It looks like he's a professional athlete running against kids, but it was just him at 18. <laughs> That's awesome. Nick marathon who amongst dude i I got i i hate to be the guy that says i got no one but i i have no idea i couldn't (laughs) i knew you guys were gonna get this one baseball football the basketball are the sports i watch i know who you're probably gonna go with is is off the beaten path so rob do you have someone that jumps out to you look there's a reason you couldn't come up with anybody nick because it's a stupid question there's a reason (laughs) that 
Dan went outside the four major sports and he included soccer because he's going to pick some soccer dude to be the marathon runner. Who, who wants to pick a professional athlete to do like a, a one application sport? It's, just, it's so stupid. That I can't believe we're still talking about it. Dude, I, gosh, I love this question. And one of my favorite things is like there was a somebody set up a race. It's on this Instagram account, Rare Sports. I think it's called at Rare Sports. And it was like Pele, Wayne Gretzky, Bjorn Borg. And somebody else from the 80s, and they just ran like a 100-meter dash. And I love stuff like that. So you guys can blame me for this. I think it's an awesome question. And I do have a marathoner. I have Gareth Bale. Again, soccer player. Plays for Real Madrid, formerly Tottenham Hotspur. If you haven't seen it, check out Gareth Bale scoring in the Copa del Rey against Barcelona in 2014. You can go ahead and YouTube that. His top speed he hit on that was 22 miles an hour. So he's got great top speed. Obviously, incredible endurance as a, uh, as a soccer player. But and former sprinter as well. So I'm going to go Gareth Bale and I'm sorry for ruining this podcast with such a terrible question, everyone. Hey, hey Dan, if <laughs> you've never even heard of that guy, if we stick with the four major sports, who are you picking for your marathon? The four major sports. You know what? Interestingly enough, I'm probably going to go basketball and I would think, and this is going to sound weird and I know how this is going to sound, but I would take somebody in that like six, three, six, four range with a good motor. Give me Bradley Beal. <laughs> how about why? <laughs> I respect your confidence, but just the t- doesn't make any sense. Do you do you do you think you could beat Bradley Beal in a marathon? I'll take that bet. You think you could beat Bradley Beal in a marathon? Sure. Oh my god! So <laughs> off on this. <laughs> no, if- I'd probably pick a hockey player. I think I just don't know who. I, I don't know any hockey players either. That's another big big hiccup for this whole whole endeavor. Well, look at marathoners are all 120 to 130 pounds. What, what professional athletes are in that, that weight range? I think you just got to look at soccer players or like maybe a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, if you want a good question. Yeah, that's a stupid ass question. A good question is who's the best MMA fighter? Oh, it, amongst other uh, professional sports? Yeah, that, now that's interesting. Now, now we could have some talks. I mean, we're, we'd be going off some tangents. Okay. We can save this for another day, but. No, no, we're saving it for right now. Okay, so of the of, no, no, of the major sports, who's going to do the best in mixed martial arts? Oh, yeah. Okay, I like that. I mean, I think that football is going to be pretty prevalent. And when you watch Greg Hardy's success versus uh, the rest of the UFC and, you know, at a pretty pretty early stage of his career, I think that you'd have to what, – what weight class? We're talking heavyweight or just any weight class you want to see somebody transition? So heavyweight for UFC is going to be 265. So most linemen aren't going to be able to make that weight, but – our, our boy, we have already drooled over today. Aaron Donald, he he walks around like what two eighty some two eighties maybe. So he yeah. could, he could easily he's make my that thought, cut. Man. He he's oh, the Aaron man. Donald beats it. Aaron Donald beats everyone. He gets two years to train, and he he's a contender in the UFC. That guy is such an athletic freak. Like that MMA has enough Khalil- different athletic qualities in there. Like Aaron Donald would would show you what's up. I give Khalil Khalil Mack too. Give me Khalil Mack to fight MMA. That's that's my pick. Because I think he's got a mean streak. I think he would actually like to, to rip somebody's head off. And then you could look at, at basketball too. You take a guy that's like six eight, like LeBron, walking around at two seventy five. He's easily making two sixty five. Him versus Aaron Donald, like I mean, LeBron six years ago. Now, now we got another interesting matchup. You got length versus just raw power. I don't think that that's an interesting matchup at all. I think the mental ferocity it takes to play football is totally different than basketball. I think LeBron would get eaten alive by almost any NFL player. All right, let's set it up, Dan. The, the strategy of fitness will sponsor a uh, <laughs> MMA right. fight. Aaron yeah, Donald versus LeBron it. James. Just book it now. Yeah, we'll do some crowdfunding. I don't, I don't <laughs> that, think. that would take so much money, but I'm in. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Great. 
Give me. I, I think, give us one, Nick. You got to give us an MMA fighter now. Oh no! I mean, I said Donald. I, oh, I you think, Donald. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with I'm with Rob with the weight loss thing. Like, because you could say someone like a Miles Garrett or some of the bigger linebackers. He's too big. But I think, yeah, they're, they're too big. Yeah. Exactly. So to make that weight limit, uh, I would love to see it though. Donald, he's he's under six foot, right? So he would he'd be looking like a Cormier, but just ripped. <laughs> My God. I mean, exactly. Obviously, he doesn't have the world class. The world class collegiate wrestling <laughs> but if if he actually dedicated himself for a year or two i think it'd be terrifying can we can we sort of go for me to make this happen i'm excited now <laughs> football players get paid so much more than ufc right? <laughs> never happen, we're, yeah we're fighting an uphill battle definitely definitely all right nick you want to hit us with the uh, 20.2 announcement here we just uh, yeah 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 so the, tonight thursday night the second crossfit open workout was announced in true Dave Castro, the creator of these workouts, uh, it's, it's torture. It's a 20-minute, as many rounds as possible. And it sounds pretty simple, right? It's four dumbbell thrusters at 50 pounds each. So not, not a ton of weight there. Six toes the bar and 24 double-unders. So, you know, not it's 34, 34 total reps in a round. I just watched the announcement and one of the pro guys – Got 896 reps in 20 minutes, so you know that that looked out that worked out to be about 26 rounds. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting because I don't think this weight's going to bully people. I think people like you, Dan, are going to go out way too hot, myself included, <laughs> and and we're going to be looking up when there's eight minutes left. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> what do you guys think of when you when you hear that workout? Anything with 20 minutes kind of sucks. I'm very like critical of uh, CrossFit workouts, but I, I, I kind of like that one. It's it's small enough sets of everything like that. I, I wouldn't be be afraid to do that, and it's it's long enough that you're going to get some good work done in that time. I'm 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 a fan of that workout. Yeah, I like it too. I, I think that I I like it, even though last week was terrible and I didn't perform very well at all. I like anything that's 20 minutes. The longer the longer it goes, generally the better off I am. So, and there's all three movements that I can at least do. So I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah, I think it's an inclusive workout. I really do. I'm yeah, with you, cool. Rob. Like, there's there's nothing that's scary. Even if you have to scale it, and you're doing single single jumps, and your toes to bar are you know, knees to chest. You can still probably do four thrusters. The rep ranges aren't all that large, so it's it's very inclusive. Kind of cool. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what we think next week after we've done it. Yeah. The pr- my biggest problem is that my my gym, my house. I only have fifty five and forty pound dumbbells that kind of a gap in between. So I'm going to be doing it five pounds heavier each dumbbell, which really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the 55s are going to, that's going to, that's going to matter late, late on, I think. Exactly. It's going exactly. to matter late. It's cool. So we're ready for the gym hitters. Rob. I think it's time. Do it up. All right. So you, you're getting a single hitter for me per usual. This one came from the Black Keys. We're on the Joe Rogan experience a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't been listening to him much lately until I heard him on there. And it's the best interview Rogan's done in a long time. Pat Carney is one of the funniest dudes I've ever listened to. So so problem with the Black Keys, a lot of their music really is in, uh, doesn't fall in the gym hitter category. But if, uh, if I'm going to have to pick one, it's uh, Everlasting Light it is one that'll that'll get the people going. Everlasting light. All right, I'll check I, it out. I like the Black Keys. I don't love the Black Keys, but they're very, very good, and they're very talented. I never heard. I don't know if I ever heard that song. So excited to listen, and I've, I've been enjoying both of your guys' selections the past couple of weeks. So I've definitely got some new ones on my playlist for sure. Nick, what's up? So my first one, Canon. 
K apostrophe N-A-A-N. I'm going deep here. I'm trying to get some songs people have never heard. It's called If Rap Gets Jealous. It's good, good, good song. Probably never heard of this guy. I think the album's like 2006. I don't think he's made anything since. But uh, <laughs> off the beaten path, the, he's a Somali rapper, obviously. It's in English. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good song. 7-3. What's your ranking for uh, Everlasting Light, by the way? Uh, 7.95. Wow. 7.95. Solid. Expert. Solid. You said 7-3, Nick? Yeah, 7-3. Cool. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go heavy, heavy rap. It's called Ghostface Killers by Twenty One Savage, Offset, Metro Boomin, and Travis Scott. It is a Twenty One <laughs> Savage absolute staple. I love it. It's just heavy and pretty raw. I'm gonna give it a solid seven five, just because I don't know where it fits in the pantheon of music, but I know it's a good gym hitter. That's awesome. I love when you talk about current rappers and how much you like them. It cracks me up. I love them. I know it's so great. I love it. I just love the way you say it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> cracks me up. All right, my my next one, Lupe Fiasco, instrumental, great song. You've probably heard this one. If you need a burner, if you need to go run your quarters and you want to start off hot, put this song on. The bass and the beat will carry you at least for your first four hundred meters. Anything after that, I can't help you, and no music can. But awesome song it's it's an eight four it's one of my favorite ever yeah lupe is great we all we all love lupe here i'm gonna go so i'm going the next two we're gonna hit two categories of music that we have not hit yet in the gym hitters selection so i'm gonna go with criminal by protege have you guys ever heard of protege he's a jamaican uh, reggae artist i love no. him. oh you gotta check him out so this song is called criminal it's a really solid beat. I, I like it for lifting. I like it for cardio. I really like it for everything. And I've it came out in 2014. I've probably been listening to it since then. So I'm going to give it an 8.0. I know it holds up in my own uh, personal playlist and my own personal uh, life. So Criminal by Protégé is my choice. I think it's pronounced Prodigy is what you're going for there, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> so the Prodigy would be a different band. That's a British band from the uh, from the mid-90s. Uh, also oh, oh, sorry. My mistake. My mistake. Yeah. yeah no, great band, though. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> I'm waiting for right. I'm, I'm waiting waiting for Rob to quit the podcast. Uh, so so because my last question, then my last gym hitter, Rob's done. I think after this, so we'll just enjoy enjoy what we have. Nick, what's up? I have a lifelong friendship out of it, one way or another, because I love it. Uh, all right, my last one, ninth verse thought. Okay, it sounds like a, a theory. It's black thought. Do you guys know black thought? Um, no, it's amazing. Is that uh, is that thought like T H O T like? That. No, 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 not that hoe over there. <laughs> okay. No, it, he's he's the the lead singer for the Roots. He oh, also raps nice. by himself, and he is criminally over underrated. I think we've we've said multiple times in this podcast already. I'm going to keep saying it. This guy is insane. So if you haven't listened to Black Dot, you've only heard him with the Roots. Go put on. You know he does like six or seven song EPs, and they are. Beautiful. What's the title so, of that again? I'm sorry. Ninth what? Ninth verse thought. Okay. And it's it's like it's an eight four. All of his songs are an eight four. He is the shit. And I guarantee you, when you put it on, you're gonna be like, oh, it's kind of a run to jewels feel with maybe a little less violent, but it's 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 badass. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, so we we dipped into reggae. I'm gonna dip into country, and anything goes by Florida Georgia Line. And I know, I, dude, I know that they're uncharted territory. Uncharted here. territory. I know this is the Nickelback of country music. I know that they're like a running joke. But all I know is this song comes on, 
And I like it and it really gets my heart going, for, especially on a run. I say more like run, cardio days, anything goes by Florida Georgia line. I don't know how much it's going to help you with lifting. I threw this out there and Nick was like, you know, we're trying to get people pumped up for working out, not drinking beer. I don't think those two things are, are oftentimes very far apart. And sometimes things just get you excited and anything goes by Florida Georgia line gets me excited. I'm going to give it a 6.5 because it's probably like if we're looking at music, it's probably a terrible song. I just like it. And you know, it's uplifting. It's 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 definitely high pace. It's going to get you in a good attitude, a good mood, yeah, especially good if you're with your with your buddies. You know, on a weekend, a Saturday workout, if it's nice and sunny out, and that comes on, it's going to feel real good. Thanks for support, Rob. I, we, I think we lost Rob. Ad Ad standby. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know that song, so I'm going to hold my judgment until I, I listen to it on the, the playlist. Like I waited till I listen to Post Malone before I judge it. I'll, I'll wait till I listen to the song before I berate you. Oh, nice. I can't wait for next nice. week. Yeah, so, so next week, you'll be the last one. So Rob, do you have a book of the week? I do. We're going a little bit outside of the sports performance and like leadership realm. I, I'm going into the psychology realm with this book. So I reread it this summer. It's called The Sociopath Next Door by uh, Martha, Martha Strauss. She's a psychologist. It kind of dives into what makes up a sociopath and how you deal with them in your life. It's just a fascinating subject. And I think it's a, it's a useful skill when you can find those sociopaths in your life and avoid like, great, great for your neighbors. With them. Great. Great, great for <laughs> great for both, great for all of our neighbors. I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> we should just leave it at all of our neighbors' doorsteps. <laughs> That'll be the, the yeah. number one way to to get to move out of a neighborhood. <laughs> right. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Just give it to people in their trick or treat about like everyone got it from your house. Uh, problem. <laughs> I might, I might have a book review next week. So, you know, I'm, I'm almost done with a book that I've been listening to and it's, it's really awesome. I don't want to spoil it yet, but I'm going to talk to you guys offline to see if you've read it and then I'll, I'll float it out there. You can, you can do a, listeners. you can do a book of the week. You could take Rob's spot. Maybe Rob can uh, offer more than one uh, gym hitter. I think that's a good idea. Rob's, your gym hitters have been Trade great. Off. Like I, I know I make fun of you for, for your, for your music, but uh, your gym hitters, I, I like it. The Wu-Tang rule song I never even heard before. Been doing it for Ooh. me. Gotta, gotta, gotta give you got a new one for you. Yeah, very cool. So I'm happy. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with this episode. I think it's time to call it a night, boys. What do you say? Absolutely. Talk to you guys next week. Like, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. At Strategy we Fitness have- on Inst- the Strategy of Fitness on Instagram. That's right. Merch coming soon, probably. Can't wait to get the merch. All right. Have a wonderful, uh, wonderful day, everyone, and talk to you guys later. Later on.